There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, hello and welcome to Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show, our debut episode on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, online at umfm.com slash player. And uh, I am co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, and he's out there taking the first lap around the, a fresh sheet of ice, it's co-host Randy. How are you today there, co-host Randy? Doing great, Tom. Uh, you know, I had to get on the ice here quickly. Just check the corners. Uh, the Zamboni driver missed a few spots. The boys well, will get happen. off. The boys will get off the ice. We'll get them to do it again, and <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll do it right. Welcome to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Listen, folks, uh, we're so happy to have you here with us today. We're going to be on every Monday at five p.m. Uh, on the uh, on the old FM dial. So, like. You know, if you're still commuting, like unlike a lot of people who are just working from home now, but like, hey, if you still got that commute or if you're driving for a living or whatever, you're in your you're in your vehicle, the drive time, five o'clock. That's like the money slot here. And um, look, we couldn't be happier to have it. So we're going to do our best to entertain you and talk lots of hockey because that's all this show is. Look, we're not. um we're not experts or uh, insiders with hockey. We're just a couple of dudes who really love talking hockey. We play hockey, we watch hockey, and and we talk hockey. And and Randy, I think um, you know we've been doing it for a few years now, and we still have all kinds of stuff to talk about. There's new stuff to talk about all the time, daily. Uh, and you know, if you aren't able to catch the show uh, Mondays at 5 p.m. on UMFM. Uh, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that stuff. So if you're, you know, maybe busy at five on Monday, then, you know, you can basically basically access our show uh, at your convenience. But, uh, yeah, if you think about four, you know, here's our fourth season of Talking Hockey. Uh, you look back into the the archives or the vault of, of all of our episodes. We've had some uh, great guests. I'm sure a lot of people uh, are familiar with from from music to hockey to broadcasting uh, related guests. And also we've got a whole, would you, would you say uh, maybe a tickle trunk full of special little segments? Um, I would that, say it's a tickle trunk yeah. indeed. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we play a whole bunch of games. We have a whole bunch of uh, just the little fun things related to hockey. If it's, uh, you know, your favorite hockey movies, your favorite hockey songs, uh, hockey books, uh, all things hockey, a lot of hockey card related stuff. Um, sure. But yeah, we're going to we're going to definitely uh, spread those out over the next few episodes and then share some of this uh, hockey goodness with everybody out there. Yeah, I think I think a big part of what our show is, if this is your first time tuning in or if this is your um, hundredth time tuning in, 
I don't think it would be your hundredth because I don't think we've gotten to a hundred episodes yet, but we're probably getting close. I think we uh, were in the sixties last year. Somewhere right. Maybe, so yeah. we, we'd have to get the intern to count them up for us and see where we're at. But like, you know, like I say, like whether it's your first time or 50th time listening to the show, we, you know, what you can expect from us is just kind of keeping hockey fun and light. And like, we, we love talking to people who have any kind of, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're not like the, who you might think about as a hockey person, but they have hockey in their life. And, and it's always fun to sort of dig into that and see. So like some of the past guests we've had, you know, include people like, well, like hockey broadcasters, like Ken Reed from Sportsnet. Um, you know, we've also had, uh, punk rock musicians like Chris number two from anti-flag or, uh, Russ Rankin from, um, uh, good riddance. And, you know, like we've had, you know, Grant Lawrence from the smugglers and CBC, he's a beer league goalie. You know, he's talked all kinds of stuff with us. Dave Bedini, uh, like Canadian music legend and author. And he's been around the world because of hockey. You know, he's played hockey in China and Dubai and all this crazy stuff. It's, also, uh, we hope uh, to bring. Sorry, uh, John yeah. Gallant from uh, Billy Talent, Eric Melvin from NoFX. Uh, we've got yeah. some great stories with playing hockey, actually, right here in Winnipeg with with Mr. Melvin. So uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll touch back uh, on some of those uh, previously recorded interviews, but also we've got a whole whack of good ones coming up for this season. On today's show, we're going to be talking to local Winnipeg uh, author, writer, hockey historian. Uh, Ty DeLello. So he's coming up a little later in the program. So definitely stay tuned for that. We've got a real good chit chat with him. He's got a brand new book out about uh, local legend, Billy Mozienko, uh, who you might know from fastest hat trick in hockey fame. Um, and uh, of course, this is our, our first episode of the year. And so what we like to do to number our episodes and such is we give it uh, a hockey player, a sort of vintage hockey player uh, tie-in. So today's episode we're calling season four, episode one, the Hayward, as in Brian Hayward, as in like greatest backup goalie ever kind of thing. Um, You know, noted for his legendary San Jose Sharks mask, which every young Vlad in the 90s probably had the poster on their bedroom wall of that mask. You remember that one, Randy, that that mask? If you remember to the early 90s San Jose expansion team, the two big things were Pat Falloon getting drafted and, you know, he was a local legend. I'm sure that we've actually featured him on a previous episode. And then the other cool thing was like, whoa, look at their goalie. He's got like the sweetest mask ever. And, and I'm pretty yeah. sure like – a lot of people probably tried to recreate that mask for their road hockey mask. A lot of, you know, back then, you know, probably around what grade, what were we like grade four or five, six, somewhere. Yeah. In there. Somewhere uh, in grade five ish. You know, trying to probably. draw that mask, you know, trying to draw the San Jose sharks logo and all those fun things. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Brian Hayward seemed to be like that, like classic uh, backup uh, goalie for, for a lot of teams from, from Winnipeg to Montreal to, uh, to the Minnesota North stars are the ones that I remember him for, uh, San San Jose, you know, I think he just kind of had a, (laughs) a little bit of a cup of coffee or two for the most part. And and then, yeah, that was right at the end of his career. Um, 
you know, and I do remember him as a shark because the sharks were a new team and stuff. And he had that mask, but it's funny you say Minnesota and I totally don't remember him being on the North stars, but he was John Casey's backup the year that they played and lost to Pittsburgh in the final, which was Pittsburgh's first cup, I believe. Right. Yes. And um, yeah, he was, uh, but he, you know, he played 26 games for Minnesota that year. So, and then that's, over that's the a lot of, for a backup actually. It is. Like, yeah. yeah. And like um, seasons back then were at least 80 games there was a year or two where they had 84 game seasons. Yeah. Like, I think that was one, a few more expansion teams came in, but yeah, uh, but yeah, like 26 games out of 80, that's a, that's a healthy amount of games for a backup. Yeah, for sure. Um, he was, I think notably uh, in my memory, uh, he was Patrick was backup and they won the Jennings trophy like every year that they were together, oh, yeah. which is basically the, the goalie trophy. It's like a shared goalie trophy for best goals against average or something like that. Um, you should actually like give a little bit of background about vintage hockey here as well. Our show kind of in a way started as a way to talk about vintage hockey hair. So, you know, another feature of Brian Hayward is he had some pretty good hair in the nineties there, late eighties, early nineties. But um yeah, so check us out. Check out the show on Instagram. Uh, it's at Talking Hockey Podcast. Years ago, I kind of started this Instagram, uh, and it was at the time called um, Vintage Hockey Hair. And I would just post up pictures of some of my favorite '90s players and their sweet mullets, or their, uh, you know, their their dusty old mustaches, or what have you, um, or even if they had like weird Cooper all pants, or maybe there was like a silly Jofa bucket, you know, just sort of the style of like late eighties, early nineties hockey that, um, that I grew up kind of loving and, and you did too, Randy. And, and so that was kind of how it all started. And then when we started this show, we thought let's incorporate some, uh, some shout outs to that into the show. So we've been doing a segment that we call vintage hockey hair and it's basically now we've kind of morphed it into the uh, the episode, you know, name number is become our vintage hockey hair guy. So we talk about it that way. But um, yeah, just go check out our Instagram. You can get a hold of us any old way there. And that's, uh, you know, it's it's full of of like soup strainers and mullets and, and all the things that hockey fans of a certain age love. So, and the perfect uh, example for that relating to Brian Hayward and something that we reference quite a bit. And I'm sure a lot of hockey fans out there uh, know about this resource, but uh hockey DB is pretty yeah. much our go-to source for, for stats and pictures and all this fun stuff. But the perfect, um, the perfect, I guess, connection for Brian Hayward and maybe vintage hockey hair. It's not so much hair, but in his picture on Hockey DB, oh. as you as you can see here, he's yeah. wearing his neck guard, and like <laughs> I'm sure, like and it's like nothing else. Well, maybe yeah. a shirt and stuff. But is it like a turtleneck yeah. built in, like a neck guard built into a turtleneck? Even maybe. No, I don't even think it's connected to his shirt. But like I was, <laughs> I wonder if the photographer was like Brian, you want to take off the neck guard for this? And he's like, No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it yeah and the cool thing about hockey db is when you click the picture you get to see all the archived ones that are also yeah. there from his past so 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's a nice one from early in his career. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's a, a young young Brian Hayward there, but uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely the the sharks one. It's like uh, Brian. Okay, we're taking your picture. Uh, maybe you want to lose that neck guard. <laughs> so we'll share some of these photos on our Instagram. So go check out um, at Talking to Hockey Podcast on Instagram, and and uh, we've got we're on Twitter too. So uh, follow us there and. Um, keep up to date with all the latest on our, uh, on our show news and, you know, just silly pictures and hockey things that we post. So, um, but yeah, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we got coming up an interview with uh, local hockey. Uh, I'm just going to say hockey authority, uh, Ty DeLillo. And um, he's going to tell us all about his new book, Mozienko, the man who caught lightning in a bottle. Um, maybe without any further ado, Let's uh, throw it to our interview with Ty. Okay, and we're joined today by Ty DeLello, uh, author of the new book coming out called Mozienko, uh, The Man Who Caught Lightning in a Bottle. Ty, thanks for coming on the show. Great to talk to you. Um, I think we would like to start here with a little bit of background about yourself and hockey, like... How did you get into hockey? Uh, you know, did you play as a kid? Do you still play? Um, you know, are you a, a casual uh, watcher these days or pretty hardcore? Like, what's your uh, what's your sort of hockey background? Yeah, well, th- thanks for having me on, guys. Um, regarding my hockey background, um, I got into it from a very, a very young age. I remember watching, uh, you know, the playoffs when I was four or five years old. Uh, with my parents, and then I started playing hockey uh, for my local community club when I was five or six. I played out of Dakota, uh, so I grew up in uh, South San Patel, and, you know, me and my buddies, we played street hockey every day, and every, it seemed every day after school, everything like that, um, and then I played minor hockey for a bit. I played, I was a goaltender. I moved up a little bit, but I never, uh, Basically, when I realized I wasn't going to make the NHL, I kind of switched over and started playing uh, more tennis and curling and started doing that pretty competitively. Um, but I always played hockey with my buddies. I would play street hockey lots. And whenever we were at the rinks, you know, we always, we'd still play. I still uh, get out there skating quite a bit with my friends. And then I'm definitely an avid, avid uh, watcher of the NHL today, following the, the Jets and everything else that goes on in the National Hockey League. So it's... Um, it just kind of came naturally to to write about hockey history. Um, I, when I was a little kid, I collected uh, like old hockey books. Um, so and then I kind of write my own books in class. Um, then out of high school, I guess I started uh, wanting to write more about hockey. So I started a blog about when the Jets came back because I I graduated high school from around the time uh, the Jets returned in 2011, and then kind of took off from there and kind of writing for more and more publications and then started writing books. And, uh, now, yeah, this is my seventh book about Bill Mozienko now. And it's, uh, it's been quite the ride. In your author bio, it says you have a, a fondness of Peter Bondra. <laughs> what, uh, what drew you to, to Bondra? How, how, how did he become your sort of favorite player? I don't know if he still is your favorite player or whatever, but classic nineties guy. Yeah, he was a big goal scorer in the 90s and 2000s. It was, yeah, like all my friends kind of gave me uh, crap growing up because my favorite players growing up were Peter Bondra and Evgeny Nabokov, a sound of the Sharks. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, just like Peter Bondra, I remember watching the, the Washington Capitals. Um, they had a couple playoff runs in the late 90s. I, I liked their blue jerseys. I liked that kind of Bondra was their sniper, the goal scorer. Um, and then he was from Slovakia. I liked kind of cheering for them growing up uh, in international competitions. Uh, so Bondra was just the guy that I really, uh, I guess, you know, stuck to growing up. I, I collected all of his hockey cards, uh, same from Nabokov. And a couple of years ago, I was fortunate. I interviewed both of them, Bondra and Nabokov, for a past book. So that was kind of cool, finally, uh, you know, getting to talk to one of your uh, one of your idols. So I was I was definitely a little nervous about those ones, but uh, they went they went pretty well. Where did the inspiration come from, like, to, to kind of take your love for hockey and go into writing? Like, did you have some favorite uh, hockey authors growing up, or? Yeah, I definitely, like, like I said, I collected a lot of hockey books when I was younger. Like, there's so, like, so many different great authors out there. Um, but I just like reading. I was almost more fascinated with older stories than, like, the current stories, I guess. Like, um, and especially being from Winnipeg and Manitoba, like, Winnipeg was pretty much, like, the mecca of hockey for hockey players to play in the NHL back in the thirties, forties and stuff. Um, you know, partly because Winnipeg had the longest winters that, so, you know, kids got more ice time. Um, cause back in the day there weren't really indoor rinks where, you know, people would play, you'd have to do your skating primarily outdoors. So I was always drawn to that and reading the stories of these, you know, legends that Winnipeg's produced like Terry Sawchuk and uh, Bill Mosienko and uh, Andy Bathgate, people like that. Um, so then from there, I wanted to start writing about hockey. Um, and I, when I did start writing, I, like I said, I wrote about the current jets and, um, kind of current stuff, but for whatever reason, I just kind of remembered my childhood memories of growing up and I was interested about these old stories and I wanted to write about it. So I just began the process of trying to interview and talk to as many old players as I could. So, you know, I would scour the internet, internet for phone numbers and things like that to get me started. And, you know, all these old guys were very happy to, you know, tell their stories and, you know, try to, and I would try to do my part and try to get them remembered and honored for their hockey careers from long ago. So I, I guess that's where it all started. So a perfect example of that is like, uh, let's, let's jump into your new release here. How do you put together a book about uh, Billy Moisienko, uh, you know, especially after he's been gone for a while now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mozienko is definitely, he's one of the names that, you know, people here actually still resonate with because of the bowling alley and the hockey arena. You know, lots of people, you know, like me would have drove by that mural and seen the picture of the three pucks. Um, so he's, he's definitely, he's definitely such a legend and, you know, writing a book about someone that's uh, already passed away is tough and um, players from his era are, slowly and well quickly dwindling you know people are passing away it seems like every couple of weeks i hear about an old hockey player that's that's died um so i really when i started doing the book um in march of last year i i called up every single um player that i could that mozanko had played against or played with as a teammate and you know there weren't a whole lot left you know maybe 20 or so um and i was lucky fortunate enough fortunate enough to talk to them while I did because, you know, a, a good number of them have passed away um, in that time. So, you know, thankful to get their stories down while they're still around because, you know, once they're gone, these, um, these great stories and tales are kind of gone forever. Um, so I was glad to get their stories in. And then I talked to any other people that I could that was connected with Mozienko. Um, Bill's son was very helpful. He provided a thumb drive that had 
thousands of documents, photos, newspaper clippings, like scrapbooks to try to tie in Bill's hockey career. Um, I traveled to Delisle, Saskatchewan for the book a couple of times. I met with the Bentley family, um, Max and Doug Bentley, who played with Bill on the famous pony line in the 1940s. Um, and I had a blast in Delisle staying with uh, Lynn Bentley, Max's son. We shared a lot of good stories and stuff and they were happy to see their you know their family also included in the book um so it was just trying to talk to as many people as i could um it wasn't it wasn't easy but i worked really hard on trying to mesh all these stories together into a book and um i'm really happy with the the finished product yeah that's awesome uh, when did the process of writing this book begin for you it started um i basically like last february february of 2020 i had gone to uh, Toronto to visit my good friend and we got we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame one day and I saw the they had Mozienko's three pucks and stick from the night of that uh, nice night of the goal so I was like okay okay and I saw his Hall of Fame plaque and then the next day I had gone we went to a sports card shop and um, I saw what I thought was a Mozienko card kind of tucked in in one of the glass displays but I wasn't sure so I I had the guy pull it out and I was yeah it was Mozienko and I was like kind of like wow like it just kind of like a kind of a spark kind of hit me there. And then when I returned to Winnipeg with that card, I ended up buying it. Uh, I, uh, I called up Bill's son who I had known previously from a past book I'd written on Manitoba's top 50 hockey players. And I just kind of said, I wanted to do something for your dad and you know, I could write a book. And, and then it was also what would have been Mosianko's 100th birthday was coming up on November 2nd of this year. So I said, I could write this book and kind of have it, you know, released for around Mozienko's 100th birthday and you know they jumped on board they were happy that someone wanted to honor their father and it just uh it took off from there like it was kind of I kind of obsessed over it, it was all I thought about and just kind of rushed to finish kind of this three-year pro book project is usually it's like they kind of take for this much work I crammed it all in one year and uh so I'm taking a little bit of time off now from book writing but it's <laughs> It feels good to get it all done now, finally. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Um, I, d I do have a question about that hat trick. It was 1952 that he scored it. Was mm -hmm. it? Do you know if it was uh, the 51-52 season or the 52-53 season? It was 51-52, March 23rd, 1952. It was, it was the last day of the season, and it, it was a meaningless game for both teams because both teams were missing the playoffs. Yeah, the Hawks had a horrible team that year, 17-44-9, and nine, according yeah. to uh, Hockey, D Hockey DB. <laughs> yeah, Mozanka was one of the, the lone bright spots that year, and uh, yeah. the Rangers had played their third goalie, uh, Lauren Anderson, because both Chuck Rayner and Sugar Jim Henry were both injured, and you know, Mozanko was scored those three goals in the third period when they were down six to two. He scored three goals in 21 seconds, almost had a fourth goal in 40 seconds. He just went by the post and then they ended up coming back to win that game seven, six. So it was a, it was a big night because Mozanko finished the year, I think with uh, 32 goals, which was um, I guess the equivalent to like a 40 goal season if we're going in today's uh, standards. What could you tell us about Billy Mozanko? Obviously, he could score goals, but like you know, what what was like the rest of his career like? Is you know, like and and what kind of player was he? Um, the big thing with Mozanka was his speed. Um, he was kind of considered the fastest player in hockey for his his whole career, and that that would have came from he's, he actually started speed skating from a young age. He got into that before hockey, hmm. um, and just skating on that uh, 
Tobin's rink in the North End of Winnipeg just played hockey, 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 and skate, skate, skate. And for whatever reason, he had great legs and he was, yeah, explosive. And he was a, had a great shot, a great slap shot, a great wrist shot, snap shot. Uh, he could pick, he could pick corners. He could, you know, back then the the, the kind of the spot was the low corners because goalies played stand up and kind of were able to stop higher shots. So if you could kind of pinpoint your shots to the low, lower ends of the net. Um, you were very effective and, and Bill did that. Um, and he was also a very gentlemanly player. Uh, he won the Lady Bing Trophy in uh, 1945 as the league's most gentlemanly player. He didn't take a single penalty that, uh, that season, which was, a, which was a rarity. And um, throughout his career, he was known as an absolute gentleman. Um, you know, every, every former player I talked to, the first thing that they said about Bill was how good of a guy he was. And, you know, that was really rare for every single person, you know, to say the exact same thing that, you know, Bill was wonderful because it's, <laughs> I've talked to guys where people had, you know, bad things disabled players, you know, for whatever reason. So Bill um, was a, you know, a people person who just, you know, enjoyed everyone that he talked to and it, it kind of carried over into his hockey. I guess maybe just let our listeners know, like your book is now officially released. Like what, where can folks find it? Yeah. So the book came out last week and it's now in um, bookstores, wherever you go to find your books, you know, uh, McNally chapters, Indigo, that kind of thing all across, you know, the prairies. And um, it's definitely in every bookstore in Manitoba, uh, mostly in Saskatchewan too. And then it should be across Canada as well by uh, by next week as well. So really excited about that, that people can hopefully pick up this book um, in time for the holiday season. Because, um, you know, a lot of Winnipeggers um, should pick up this book to learn about one of these uh, legends. Um, I know we care a lot about the Jets and all the, you know, the stories there, but, uh, you know, it's good to remember kind of the people that helped uh, bring our city up and our province up. And um, Mosienko was a great ambassador for the for the game of hockey. Yeah, and I'm, you you mentioned earlier there about Winnipeg being you know a mecca for hockey back in the back in the day, as it were, like the 30s, 40s, that kind of thing. Um, and and you know, I, it's it's such a hot the prairies in general, such a, a hotbed of hockey. And um, so I, I'm really interested too in your previous book there that you wrote called The Golden Boys, the top 50 Manitoba hockey players of all time. And one of the reviews there is that, you know, it's easy to find information on your, your uh, Terry Sawchucks and Bobby Clarks and that kind of thing. Um, but the, the sort of the, some, some of the lesser known guys, the unsung heroes from, from before, you know, before every game was on TV and that kind of thing. Like, how did you, um, I guess, how did you kind of, find out about those guys or come up with information about those guys and and like like Billy Mozienko included like you know I'm sure not a lot of his highlights are on YouTube or whatever so like uh paint us a picture of kind of how do you how do you how do you um bring those guys to life yeah it's like I said it's not easy because they're already um you know they've a lot of those guys have since passed away and some of the, like some of the players in that Golden Boys book had played you know, in the 1920s and earlier, like uh, Dan Bain played for the Winnipeg Victorias in the late 1800s and won Stanley Cup. So he has no family like left that's still alive. So it's tough. You kind of go have to go off their stats. You have to go off um, talking to other historians um, who research these kind of things and um, trying to compare eras, um, which is very tough. 
Um, but I really tried from in that Golden Boys book, I tried to talk to at least one person that was connected to that player, whether that be um, a family member, a teammate, you know, a, a distant relative, maybe like someone that, you know, knew the person that could tell, um, you know, somewhat stories. And I think for, I think most of those top 50, even though guys have played in the, you know, like I said, the twenties and 1910s, I was able to talk to someone that was, you know, maybe a great nephew or something that they maybe had old scrapbooks. They had some of their, you know, old um, artifacts that I was able to use in the book. Um, but it's, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy, but I think, um, you know, people all, family members all did their part to, you know, get their, you know, their family stories told a little bit in the, the players chapter. This is actually the fourth season of our show, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. And one uh, segment, one, one recurring segment we, we have is called Local Legends. And yeah. we, would, we would actually like feature players from uh, Winnipeg or Manitoba. So your golden, present. Boy, yeah, your golden Boys book is going to be like a, a, valu <laughs> a valuable resource now for, for, for sure. moving forward because I'm pretty sure we had uh, Morgan Geeky on the show like three times or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, uh, just curious, like, so you say you're taking a break from writing um, for now. Uh, obviously, you got the book out, uh, Billy Moisienko book out uh, before the, your goal of his 100th well, or what would have been his 100th uh, birthday. But do you have plans in the future for for uh, future pieces or like what's what's kind of uh, in your future for hockey writing? Oh yeah, I never I never take a break too long. Like I'm always I like I write articles as well for a couple newspapers for my job, and I've um, also run like a NHL history uh, newsletter. So I'm always writing something. And uh, my next project will be something on Ad McDonald, um, who was another great ambassador for uh, Winnipeg hockey because he and Bill were kind of the two guys that. Um, had great NHL careers and actually like stayed in Winnipeg, you know, after their careers ended, they, uh, a lot of other guys like Sawchuck and Bathgate, um, you know, Bobby Clark, they never really lived in Winnipeg, you know, during their careers and afterwards. So, um, Ad McDonald is a big, you know, a big name here, you know, won four Stanley Cup. So, uh, I'm writing a book with, uh, him, about him, uh, with the help of his uh, wife who's still around and she's, um, she also has been writing a little bit, so we're going to kind of collaborate there and, and write a book about uh, app, hopefully for next year. But, you know, for now, I'm just taking a little bit of, of a break from actually take writing a, a breather. book. Yeah. yeah, take a breather, maybe get some fresh <laughs> air. And, uh, it's curling season, so we'll focus on yep. that. And there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, we're just, just about out of time here, so we're going to wrap it up. But I wanted to ask you, um, we're going to throw to a song, and I wanted to ask you if you've ever – come across this song it's by a, a canadian uh hip-hop artist named word burglar the song is called <laughs> uh jeez oh, is it just called mozienko i think something like think that so. 20 and then brackets 21 second hat trick or whatever but are you familiar with this one yeah yeah there's he's mozienko is one of the few players where there's actually like a two songs made about him so yeah this one is, is on youtube and i, I talked to the I talked to the word burglar for the book and he told me the story of the song and the, the awesome. lyrics are included as well as the other song I called Billy Mozienko by, um, by the Cuba Sonics. That's another, uh, uh, <laughs> song. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's hear this word burglar. Mix. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, we, I, we got to spin the Cuba Sonics one too. Somehow we got to find yeah, that one. Absolutely. We'll, we'll find that and uh, throw <laughs> that on here, but no, we, Ty, we really appreciate you joining us here on talking hockey and uh, it's great to hear about your, your project there. And so, uh, listeners, if you're 
looking for a new read, to, a new book to read, make sure you uh, hit up uh, Mozienko, the man who caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Ty. Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. I really appreciate uh, you guys trying to help uh, get Mozienko's name in this book out there. As a kid, my dad would never let me give up. He'd always say, anything can happen, Bill Mozienko. I say, Bill Mozienko, who's that? He said, Bill Mozienko got three goals in 21 seconds. I'm like, are you crazy? He's like, no, it's real. It's true. This is how it went down. It was Sunday, March 23rd, 1952. Chicago versus NY, down 6-2. Four goals behind, just a few minutes left. But the pony line right winger wasn't finished yet. Yet, Bill Mozienko wasn't playing for show. One of the greats on skates, and the name you should know. Hall of Fame record holder, no one's making it close. 21 seconds, three goals made in a row. Whoa. The game ain't over till you hear the buzzer, man. Like you know the home team from the colors in the stands. Something you can understand, never quit. Bill brought him back, and they won 7-6. Wasn't the championship or even the playoffs. It was hard work and not believing in days off. It pays off. You won't win, you don't try first. He had a hat trick in half my verse. Three goals, 21 seconds. True story, if anyone's guessing. My dad always told me, Bill Mosienko, you never give up. Bill Mosienko, especially when they say you're insane, bro. You don't stay in the game, you won't attain pro. My dad always told me, Bill Mosienko. Get open, catch a pass, and give it a slap. Small puck, big net, simple as that. If there's time on the clock, you got time for a shot. And word to Bill Mosienko, that guy in the hops. While the iron is hot, lace your skates, take your place. Get your game face straight, no place to wait. Where the puck drops is where the breaks await. Whether you're making crazy saves or taking breakaways. Hey, amazing grace, that's where greats are made. Blades of steel, but no razors, don't shave your face. In the race, stay focused, keep your stick on the ice. And that's exactly how I feel when I'm ripping the mic. Right, right, I know you're probably like, what? Come on, was it a timeout? Did the other team know the game was on? 21 seconds for three, that's the top score. But what's crazy, they say he almost got four. Three goals, 21 seconds. True story, if anyone's guessing. My dad always told me, Bill Mosienko, you never give up. Bill Mosienko, especially when they say you're insane, bro. You don't stay in the game, you won't attain pro. My dad always told me, Bill Mosienko, anything can happen. Mosienko. Hey, Talking Hockey, what's up? Word Burglar here. I'm a retired Halifax Hawks House League hockey player and a current and uh, pretty much lifetime rapper. I rap about stuff I love, and one of those things is hockey. And I've got a song called Bill Mosienko. 
So Bill Mozienko, uh, obviously we know his legacy and, uh, and his beginnings dating back to Winnipeg. And I grew up in Halifax, but my connection goes back to actually 1948 because my mom's oldest brother, she was the youngest of nine kids, huge Italian family. And her oldest brother, Father Rocco Volpe, before he was a father, was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks in 1948. So my family always had, uh, I guess, an interest in the Chicago Blackhawks because my uncle turned down the opportunity to play for Chicago, and this is back when it was just the original six, and he turned it down to become a priest, which at the time, I think some of his friends and, and his family were like, well, what are you, what are you thinking? You could, you could play in the NHL after, but this was actually kind of common for the day. But uh, he did go on to have, uh, to keep, to coach hockey and do a lot of hockey stuff. And he actually played with the Flying Fathers, which as hockey experts, I'm sure you've heard of that. So that aside, I mean, growing up, you know, years later, I wasn't born in the 40s. <laughs> but growing up, the Blackhawks were always kind of like this, uh, they, were, they were a powerful force. And, and anytime the Chicago would come up, someone would say, oh, you know, your, your uncle, Father Rocco, he was, uh, he was drafted. But anyways, we're talking about Bill Mozienko, and of course, Bill Mozienko is uh, the most famous Blackhawk in my mind, other than my uncle. And Bill Mozienko became this name in my house whenever kind of the chips were down. My dad, who, who played hockey and was a, you know, just loves trivia and, and sports in general, he uh, he always used to bring up these interesting facts. And uh, you know, I played hockey as a kid. I played baseball, all kinds of sports. And my dad, or even if it was a school-related thing, if, if, if things weren't looking good or they seemed impossible, my dad would always bring up the story of Bill Mozienko and how he, he got three goals in 21 seconds. And of course, you just wonder, you think, that's that's crazy. How, how is that possible? But it happened. It's a real documented fact. We, we all know it's, it's an incredible record that I, I can't see ever being broken. And uh, that's what drove me to make a rap song about it because, uh, you know, all my, all my songs come from my real life experiences. And after a lifetime of, of hearing, oh, you know, just think of Bill Mozienko. Oh, you don't think you're going to pass that test? Bill Mozienko. Oh, it's, you know, bottom of the ninth and you guys are down by five runs. Obviously not a hockey metaphor. <laughs> Bill Mozienko. So the track Bill Mozienko, which... Uh, which we shot a video for in Toronto because we couldn't get to Winnipeg, but we had some people shoot the uh, bowling alley. So at, at the end of the video, we've got a, a great shot of uh, the bowling alley and the nice mural of, of Billy Mozienko there. Uh, we shot it in Toronto, and my buddy who's in the video with me, Sandy Jobin Bevins, is actually uh, from Manitoba and Winnipeg, and he, uh, he of course, you know, related to the story of Bill Mosienko and being a hockey fan himself, um, and he's an actor, so you may have seen Sandy in Harold and Kumar, um, amongst many other uh, shows and movies and commercials and stuff. Um, so Sandy, that's kind of a fun little fact about the video for Bill Mozienko. And, uh, and of course, my dad is like really excited that I've, uh, I've taken this uh, motivational insight that he gave me as a kid and this little piece of trivia and it, that just really stuck with me. And, uh, you know, Mozienko just became like, we would just say Mozienko. Like anytime something was, even my sister would say it, you know, my mom would say it, we'd be like Mozienko. So it just became this like powerful word. Uh, of really anything's possible. So uh, never give up Bill Mozienko. 
And that's really what the track's all about, whether you're into hockey or not. And um, yeah, I hope that gave you a bit of uh, behind-the-scenes info on the jam. And uh, thanks for checking it out. I'm Word Burglar, and uh, until next time, Mozienko. All right, so that was Bill Mozienko, 21-second hat trick. Good stuff there. And uh, let's uh, intro another segment we like to do on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This this is an, a segment we've done in the past, and we're going to continue to do, and it's called Local Legends. And uh, I imagine saying that with like a bit of reverb on my voice, but <laughs> <laughs> just imagine it folks. It yeah, sounds yeah. really cool. It sounds so cool. Um, but yeah, so this, this segment, Randy, we kind of, uh, we love to spotlight any sort of hockey players past or present. Um, maybe even the future, like we could become, you know, real Craig buttons or Sam Cosentino's and sort of watch the juniors and, and predict who's going to be the next big star. But I don't know if I got the time for that, but anyway, like we definitely love to talk about uh, Manitoba based or born or bred uh, hockey players. And uh, this week, well, you know, since we're already on the Billy Mozienko train, let's, let's talk a little bit about Bill Mozienko as, as a local legend. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's been featured on a previous episode, yeah, but also like the timing, like you mentioned, season maybe. Yeah, the timing, like you mentioned, just works out perfectly with uh, the release of Ty's book and also with his birthday being on Tuesday. So first and foremost, uh, you know, and we kind of touched on this in the interview. Uh, if you are, you know, from Winnipeg, you live in Winnipeg or you've passed through Chances are you've seen you've seen uh, you know Billy Moisienko bowling lanes over there on Main Street, and there's a big mural uh, on the side of the building, and also yeah. there's so the if Billy- you're heading north on Main, it's on your left hand side, and you can see the the mural, which is it's the classic shot of him with the three pucks, eh? Yeah, and I'm I'm actually I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and don't quote me, but I think it was maybe a family member that painted that mural, but oh, really? we'll nice. get the intern on that for next episode. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, that's roughly around Redwood, I believe somewhere. Okay. There. Yeah. Uh, and then the other aspect, uh, or the other kind of, uh, tribute to Mr. Moisienko is the, is the Billy, Billy Moisienko arena over there on Kiwaiton. And, uh, that's, uh, that's a rink, uh, I, I've played at quite a few times during my minor hockey, uh, not, not minor professional, but minor, uh, <laughs> minor age hockey, uh, uh, through the years. And one, one story basically just sticks out to me. Uh, I remember uh, like this was either Bantam or, or high school hockey. Um, it was back, back in the day when we were doing, uh, the first period, I, th- I think they still do this, but uh, first two periods are 15 minutes and then you go off and the, you get a flood and then you play a 20 minute third with a fresh flood. And so I remember we, after the second period, we all went in, uh, you know, had our orange slices and, and some water <laughs> to, get ready, to get ready for the third period. And, uh, you know, lo Maybe and an behold, inspirational speech by the coach there yeah, just to just fire like, you up. Yeah. Just to get the boys going. Uh, lo and behold, you know, the Zamboni driver uh, get, gets out on the ice, you know, fresh sheet. Uh, unfortunately, uh, drove by one of the gates and caught the boards and kind of ripped it about <laughs> 15, 20 feet uh, from, from the gate. Uh, so needless to say, 
maybe uh game was delayed i think 15 20 minutes uh you know had to put the rink back together but uh yeah. that's a that's a memory that i'll never forget just like wow the zamboni crashed and now yeah, we got, you don't see that too often i mean that's extra- pretty pretty good work by the rink crew there to get it back together so you could finish the game you'd think they'd probably in some places they'd just be like well sorry she goes (laughs) (laughs) way she goes game's called see you next time Um, no that's pretty impressive yeah and it's a great rink actually like a lot of the city (laughs) rinks here in winnipeg are are great and uh and just also thinking back to the billy moisienko song that that we played just uh prior to this um that's a that's an ongoing theme too it's like uh we tend to either ask our our guests for their favorite hockey theme song or yeah. or what song would they want to listen to in the dressing room, you know, right before they're they're stepping out on the ice kind of thing. But um and the last thing I kind of want to uh kind of mention about Billy Moisienko and uh, you know, it's been a couple years since I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, but last two times I was there the the Billy Moisienko like display is pretty much as soon as you walk in, they have yeah. a they have a giant photo of him holding the the three pucks. His stick is there and the pucks, and I, there might be another piece of memorabilia from from that game. But uh, you know, being a Winnipegger and and knowing knowing his uh, legend uh, and his story uh, and seeing that as like the one of, one of the very first things as you walk into the hockey shrine that we all know as the hockey hall of fame is, is pretty cool. And, and also like just kind of an ode to Winnipeg and, and uh, the aspect of, you know, the recognition of someone accomplishing something really great from Winnipeg. And you have to think Tommy three goals in 21 seconds. Uh, crazy. You think that's ever going to get broken? I mean, crazier things have happened, but I would have to say that that's one that's not going to get broken because like, it's just, unless you get two quick ones and then you're taking the draw, you know, and then you flip it down the ice into an empty net or something. Cause think of this just the other week there, Nikolai Ehlers scored two goals in 19 seconds. So let's say, they put him on the ice and there was an empty net and he takes the draw and just immediately flips it down. He's off, got two, right he's got two seconds, off. two seconds yeah, to do two it. Two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like that's crazy, but yeah. Um, you know, stranger things have happened. So, but that you got to think that's a record that's probably pretty safe. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I was at the hockey hall of fame. I like to call it the church of hockey. Yes. I was there. I don't know, probably three years ago now was the last time I was there. And, I do, uh, I wouldn't say every time I go to Toronto, but like uh, every every few trips, I like to squeeze that one in there. And um, yeah, it's, uh, and that, that you're like you say, that first area where you walk in, once you kind of go in the museum, um, there's like, you know, all the Wayne Gretzky sort of stuff and what, it, like, like the, you know, the goal, the 892 or whatever the number is of most goals and all that kind of stuff. And um, one of the things I really like, I like with the Mi- Billy Mozienko ones, I don't know if they have his gloves there, but like some of the old time gloves, you see these gloves that yeah. they were wearing and they're oh, like, yeah. it's like a big piece of leather. And, you know, it's uh, just to think about the sticks they were using, you see them right there. And it's, it's really eye opening, especially like when you think about the, the gear that players have these days, it's insane, but yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, sort of some of the stuff 
like the players from Billy's era would have been sporting as gear, you know? So actually on that note, my, my, I'd have to say my top three things about the hockey hall of fame uh, after my last visit, which was probably about two years ago, pre pre COVID the Billy Moisianko thing on the way in uh, the Sidney Crosby gloves and stick from the golden oh, from goal. The golden goal. Yeah. And then that whole display that they have of like the Jersey, the jerseys over the, the international years. ones no no like nhl and it, it's kind of like a, like a timeline that you walk down and it's like here's what they were like uh, at the beginning and then you kind of see the transition of like how certain ones have changed and then yeah. some of the expansion ones like the california golden seals and yeah. the kansas city scouts and all those teams that you know were kind of like a little blip on the radar and then you know the ninety, the eighties Jets, nineties Jets, and then all that stuff. It's yeah, I love that hockey jerseys are like my my jam. Yeah, I really liked the goal, the mask, the wall of goalie masks. Oh, that's as well. awesome. I too. thought that was yeah. really cool. Yeah, I don't remember if Brian Hayward's Sharks mask is on there, but hey, Lanny McDonald, question. if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> which you probably are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Hey, Lanny, uh, why not? Like last year, um, I know he's probably buds with, uh, Peter Mansbridge and on last season we had Mansbridge give us some shout outs on his podcast called the bridge. And, uh, you know, he's a big fan of our show. So, Hey, uh, you know, maybe word of mouth, Lanny's probably tuned in. So anyway, we're, uh, we're going to talk, we're going to switch gears a little bit now. Tis the season for a certain chain of coffee shops that uh, are, you know, Canada's uh, national emblem for better or worse. Um, we're, they, it's the time of year where they pump out hockey cards. And geez, if it doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. I used to get, you know, people used to get excited about roll up the rim, but I think those days are long gone. It's hockey cards that, that this place is uh, gets you fired up. So, Coast Randy here, he's got uh, a couple of packs that we're going to rip open right here, live on air here. Uh, let's see what's what do you got for hockey cards? Well, as I've wrestled with these things, uh, give the listeners a little little uh, insight into a little game that we play here on. Sure. On yeah. So, yeah, we've we've done it a few times and we'll do it again. It's called Hockey Card War. And it's kind of just like a simplified version of that old game war that you play with normal deck of cards. Um, but this, this game is like, basically you just take a stack of hockey cards. You can either rip open fresh packs. Uh, you can just take, you know, I've got a, a couple binders of old eighties and nineties hockey cards. You could just take a handful of those. You can do it any old way you like, just have a stack of hockey cards and basically you and your buddy or whoever you're playing with there, you just kind of flip them one at a time over at the same time and then you know basically i guess you would say one two three war or something you flip the card over and uh whoever's card is cooler better you know the, the that could be the better player uh say you got brett hall versus um i don't know like chris Contakos or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> so clearly um, Brett Hall wins that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But maybe you got maybe you got Mario and Wayne. You know, you each flip over one of those cards. Well, who I mean, you could argue all day about who the better player is there. So you got to go with some other aspect of the card. And usually it's pretty obvious, like style-wise, whatever. 
you know, if you've got a horizontal card, does that factor into who wins? You know what I mean? Like, so basically you just kind of go through your deck of cards, flipping them over and keep track of, um, you know, who wins and loses each round. And at the end of the day, that's hockey card war. It's a pretty sweet way to go through cards. All right. I'm good to go here. So okay. For, so first, first pack, I've got uh, Pedersen from Vancouver. Oh, Elias Peterson, uh, AKA skinny Pete. As I've they, got uh, uh, a Connor McDavid photo oh. finish card, but with, with our boy, boy, Mark Shifley in the background. Oh, there. Yeah. So say for instance, if that would be, a hockey card war card and you both pulled McDavid, maybe this one gets the edge because Mark Shifley's in the back. Exactly. You got a sort of a special guest appearance there. And then I got Jeff Petrie. So oh, actually yeah, we're nice. running out of time here. So I'm going to, I'm going to blast through these things. Okay. I've got Oliver uh, Bjorkstrand. Ooh, I've got a little nasty Nate here. Special little hologram <laughs> one. Oh, uh, for you listeners at home, nasty Nate, that's uh Nathan McKinnon. He's a, uh, Definitely a friend of the show here. Uh, we've yet to make contact with him, but uh, <laughs> we're big McKinnon fans. So and Ty Smith, yeah, and we'll oh. either we'll either refer to him as Nasty Nate or Nate Dog, depending on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ty Smith. That's a good card. And uh, past guest Russ Rankin is a big New Jersey Devils fan. Uh, last year, he gave us sort of the the big rundown on. Ty Smith. Oh, and uh, Tyler Toffoli there. Yeah. Uh, Toffoli, Montreal Canadiens leading goal scorer. Pasternak, Debrinket. Uh, oh, Debrinket. Oh, nice. I got another Ty Smith. So maybe I can put this in the mail Dump. for uh, Russ Rankin. And uh, there you we, go. Yeah. We could be pen pals or something. Oh, I, oh, I got a Patrick Line photo finish one wearing the, oh, with that, with the weird the, jerseys they wore last year. The world's ugliest jersey possibly that's a reverse retro columbus blue jackets jersey uh, uh get a hold of us on our social media if you if you disagree with that statement uh let us have it and we got victor, victor arvidson ryan o'reilly and uh featuring a previous local legend mr mark stone oh there you go yeah uh, so that's that's my pulls from some Tim Hortons cards. Uh, Tommy, we got roughly a minute to go. Uh, yeah. Maybe let's just uh, chat quickly about our next episode, our next guest, and uh, letting the folks know how to how to contact us. Absolutely. So yeah, next week, next Monday at five on UMFM one hundred one point five, or on your podcast machine, we got special guest Chris Hanna of Propagandy. Um, you know, internationally beloved political punk punk band, but you know they're Manitoba, Winnipeg local legends, and uh, yeah, we're fortunate enough to have Chris join us on the next episode to talk some hockey, and it's going to be a good one. So you got to be sure to tune in next Monday for that. Um, yeah, hit us up on our social media. We got uh, you know Instagram at Talking Hockey Podcast. We're on Twitter. I think it's the same handle on Twitter. You could email uh, talk, us if you talking want. Talking Hockey Pod, I think, on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the email is the same, talkinghockeypod at gmail.com. So any anything that's uh, on your mind hockey-wise, tag us, uh, uh, hit us up in the DMs, anything like that. And definitely come back. Stay tuned. Next week we're going to have all kinds of uh, fun again. And uh, Chris Hanna will be on the show. Listeners, keep your stick on the ice and please check the lie of your stick. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Let's go out on a song by Cancer Bats called Winter Peg Folk Fest. <laughs>